a circle. Simple, round, refined. A shape that was spoken into existence with the universe. And a shape that holds powerful meaning. We see this shape all over creation. The sun, stars, our earth. And we find it in some of our most precious possessions. It's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness. A symbol of infinite motion. It's a shape that represents love and commitment. And a symbol of unity. Unity. An idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone. And we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be, bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause, when they rally around the same mission, something happens. You have a movement, a God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what he has set before us. And we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where he has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us. And we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening. Good evening, everybody. I am so, woo! I'm so glad I'm here tonight, more so than any other place. <laughs> you would think so, right? That's kind of my job here, right? No, but honestly, I love you guys, and I'm glad that we're all together this evening. And um, we've been going through the process of this awakening series, awakening to our calling, and we're coming into a new, new message tonight about you and me make us, okay? I promise you, this is not a message about life group. <laughs> okay, I was like, hello. <laughs> we've had quite a few of those. Well, before I get going, I just want to take a, a second and uh, recognize just a couple people here that are with us this evening that I'm really super proud to have with us this evening. Uh, Tim and Susan May from our district, uh, our district offices. They are church planters. They are church uh, equippers, uh, pastoral equippers. They're just amazing couple. And so I just want to say, Welcome, guys. I'm so glad you're here. And then on top of that, we've got Josh, who is another uh, brother in the, in the church planting cohort. He is ch- planting a church, um, or has already planted a church. Is that right? Or you are on the way. Okay, right on. Okay. But I just wanted to uh, just welcome them this morning. I said it. <laughs> I did say it, guys. I did catch myself, but I said it. This morning, I still, after how many nights have we been here together? 
I've been calling it the morning. Um, but it does kind of feel like, what, the thing I like about Saturday night, Saturday night is the fact that it is a celebration of our week. It's the end of our week. We've worked really hard through the week. Who was raking leaves this weekend? Yeah, okay, <laughs> a few. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those um, seasons where they just, where do they come from? If you drive through, I live in North Concord area right now, and you drive anywhere on any of the side streets, we have a life group that meets in the North Concord area, and uh, it's a life group for Manchester. Weird, huh? But um, we do have quite a few people that are driving from different areas to this life group, and Every bank, every side of the road is just up to the windows of uh, just leaves after leaves after leaves. Can I just tell you, don't drive through the leaves. You never know what's going to be underneath those uh, leaf piles, uh, like a big rock or something. I don't know. But um, anyways, it's just one of my favorite times of year. And what in the world? Like November and 70 degrees? It's like we're getting blessed. So, the idea, you and me make us. If there wasn't any you, there would be no us. And it's kind of a simple idea, I know. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to figure out that that concept is true. (laughs) I mean, we need each other. And this is really what we are going to be talking about a little bit tonight, that Around us, we have different nations coming together, trying to identify themselves and separate themselves from other nations. We have different organizations doing the exact same thing. They're they're separating themselves, creating identities for their organizations and distinctives to separate themselves from other things. You can see that you know, special interest groups like uh, United Way or cancer awareness organizations. We see it with the Rotary Clubs and the, and the Boy Scouts. Even businesses are trying to create these identities where you, you come together under a cause and you, you develop um, this sense of purpose. And so businesses are big in this and these organizations do this in order to get every one of us Involved to accomplish something that they're trying to accomplish. Okay? It takes many people to make some kind of vision take place. And that's okay. This is human nature. This is called vision. And it's not bad to have visions. And it's really good to come together and identify with groups and causes and things like that. But before we go into any of the, the ideas of businesses and, and, and branding and all that, I want us to look at the word and actually hear what Jesus has to say about community. Okay? If you have your Bibles with you, please open up to John chapter 15, 12 through 17. And we're, gonna, we're just going to spend some time. This is our main text, and I want us to get together and kind of pull it apart. John 15, verse 12 through 17, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, 
that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Let's pray. Lord, I I come before you right now, and I ask that your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts this evening. No matter what I say, no matter what is spoken about from this stage, Lord, I don't want to detract from what you desire to do inside our spirits. God, give us wisdom and let your wisdom come through the word. Lord, I pray also that you would reveal to us what your Father has revealed to you, Jesus. That this unpartation would be passed down to all of us here tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to take a look at this scripture, but before I do, I want to just take a second and and say, when you cast vision and you cast it clearly, not everybody that listens to your vision is going to like it. And you're going to lose friendships and you're going to lose relationships because of that vision. That's okay. Because in the end, we are all, each one of us, responsible to God for what we do with the vision he's implanted in our hearts. And we need to be obedient and steward the vision that he gives us. And let me say this, that the vision for Grace Capital Church did not come from one man, and it did not come from even many men. I truly believe that the vision that God has given Grace Capital Church is spirit-breathed. And you can say, well, how in the world can anybody not like that? (laughs) Because I think Truly, when we call people into action, people have to make a decision. Are they going to follow along? Or are they going to... Is everything that we're talking about here, is it right for them? And we do not condemn anyone for having a different vision. Do you understand that you need vision for your own families? And if that vision that God has put on your heart for your own family does not align with a vision of a church, then there is, should be no reason why that's allowable for those individuals to find and align themselves to the, the, the place that God has called them. And so I just want you to know that in the process of becoming so clear Guys, it's, it's easy to be a church. 
in the sense of having a building, having a worship team, and let me just say that, it's not that easy. (laughs) But it's easy to come together. It's another thing to become active, to be the church. And essentially what we are experiencing in our church is coming together, all of us coming together to live out what God has called us to live out. And so I'm excited about it. I couldn't be more excited about it. And so we're going we're gonna to move on and, and we're going to find out what this idea of you and me make us concept is really all about. And like I said, it's not about life groups, although that plays a part in it, but we're not going to go there. So going back to John 15, verse 12. Now, are you guys cool with what I just said? Are you guys cool with that? Do you guys understand what I'm saying about vision? I just want to make sure I didn't leave anybody in the desk to say, what is he talking about? God has spoken with great clarity. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, okay, why did God command us to love one another? Isn't that something that you and I would say, that should be a simple idea, right? We all want to love each other in some way. But I'm going to tell you this, that it's not all that easy. Here's the conflict, and Jesus understood this. Jesus understood our human nature is truly to do the opposite. And you're saying, well, wait, wait a second. Before I was a Christian, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to love people. I get that. And actually, I will say, truly, that's built into us the desire to love others. But this is the truth. Even though we're built in with a deep desire to love one another, we are unable to show true love without Christ in us. It's impossible to love people, true love without Christ inside of us. Now, we can show expressions of incredible true love from time to time. I mean, you hear stories about this all the time, especially I love military stories. I love to hear about these soldiers that do incredible things, and they fight for one another, and they sacrifice with each other, and and there's just a true love. But those are blips. Those are blips in time, Not, not to come down on them. uh, to speak lightly of those moments, but that's a moment in time. Now, you would say, well, mom, moms have this innate desire to love our children. I mean, that's, that's that's our children. Parents do. They love our, we love our kids. Even those that don't know Jesus love their kids. But can I say this, that that's a, that's a, a moment in time. What I'm talking about is because we're broken human nature, we can't love selflessly, sacrificially, laying down our lives for each other all the time without Christ, without Christ's love moving in and through us. That's why Jesus commanded it. Otherwise, if we did this all naturally, this would be no big deal. He wouldn't even have to talk about it. He had to. He had to command it. And he said, you need to, if you love me, you obey my commands. 
Jesus desires for this to be an all-the-time expression, to lay one's life down for another. You see, we live in a very me-centric world, right? You hear it from every corner of media. You hear it from even Christian networks. You hear it, you, you go to any Christian website today and you hear about things that minister to you. <laughs> and have it your way. Put on your feed the Bible scriptures you want to hear. You know, pick up the reading plan that really ministers to you. <laughs> and it's all over the place. The Christian world has even taken up this, this idea. See, God made those innate desires. And, and this is what the world around us capitalizes on. They, they take the innate desires and they, they tweak it. They learn how to manipulate it to get you to come into an organization or a cause or something to help them accomplish their goal. They play on this. But Jesus is saying something very different. And because of our desire to be in community together, we want to be, be part of something bigger than just us. We can easily fall into different groups that desire, I mean, why do we have cults out there and different special interest groups? Because people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Now, God designed that part of us because he wants us all to be together. He wants us all to be part of his kingdom. He called us, and this is what I wanted to share you. you he, he says this, you did not choose me, this is in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And he said this, that, and your, your fruit should abide, which means that it is an aligned to the word of God and the life of God, and everything that you do is in and through him. It's like, be, abiding is like this. You're like this with Christ. And the fruit is not man-made, it is spirit-made. It is something about the Spirit of God moving in and through you that produces fruit. You don't produce it on your own. It's the Spirit of God that produces that fruit because that's the fruit that abides. But he says that whatever you ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. I think that's that lighting thing that we were talking about. <laughs> This is our calling as believers. Our calling as believers is to love one another and to abide in him and to be a part of his spirit and of his community, his family. This is the mission and the vision. I want you to see the mission and vision once more. Go create communities that develop people, families, and leaders into know 
and enjoy the presence of God and to restore every person, town, and city. Our vision is very purposeful. Our mission is a, that a family of Grace Capital Churches living out Jesus' message to bring heaven to earth wherever we are and wherever we are sent. Okay? Pretty clear. Those are marching orders. <laughs> I got my boots on. But how do we do this? Uh, there's many different ways. So I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do these things. But let me tell you the overarching theme that I discovered, uh, that we all discovered when we were preparing this. We do life together. We are a part of each other's lives we worship together, we celebrate together, we eat together, we do everything together. But sometimes in the church, we kind of like compartmentalize our church time, we have a church time, then we go home, and we have our you know, family time, then we have our friend time. And, but so there's nothing wrong with all of that, what I just said. I hope that you guys hang out with each other tomorrow and watch the Pats game on at one. Yeah. Okay? Church doesn't have to compete with the Pats anymore. No, that's... Because <laughs> we do Saturday nights. But I'm not going to tell you how to go create communities. I can spark it in you and give you ideas, but listen, you guys are creative people, and the Spirit of God speaks through you, and God puts it on your heart to go create communities that revolve around different people, but you are to be influencers. Everybody say, I'm a minister. I am a minister. Okay? That is your, your purpose because you said yes to Jesus Christ. And we're going to go through the next year or so helping prepare you to be ministers and do exactly this. But we do need to get all the nitty-gritty down so you actually see the direction we're headed. And we also desire to bring heaven to earth. That means that you are purposefully living out your relationship with Jesus Christ. Who knows that if you don't spend time with Jesus every day, you can start looking more and more like the world around you. How scary is that? I'm talking about being influenced by Jesus more so than being influenced by the world around us. And it's a hard thing. We live in a very difficult, different mediums that are controlled by the spirit of the world the enemy but let me explain this to you galatians 6 2 i have four minutes left oh my gosh no no i'm fine guys um i am literally one third of the way done no um it's fine <laughs> speed reading um no uh, let me let me explain something. and you know what i may just close this early because i think that I can get myself so caught up in the nitty-gritty. I'm not going to do any disservice to the message here, but I do want to say this, that each one of you need to live out Galatians 6.2. Can you guys jump there in your Bibles? Galatians 6.2. Can someone read that for me? Amen. Because you didn't have a mic on, which is fine. 
I'm going to speak it. Bear one another's burden. In the ESV version, it's very similar. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you for reading that. We are a people that we need that intimacy as a group. When we bear each other's burdens, there is something powerful that takes place. The presence of God comes in to, to fill what you don't have naturally. Many people freak out about the idea of being that transparent, but see, that's the body of Christ. Transparency. When you bear each other's burdens, what you're doing is you're saying, you matter, you are a part of me, because in the world, we want to love each other. There's some great expressions of love, but this is the truth. We love and desire relationships based on our convenience. Think about it. Look through your relationships, and what relationships have you cut out? based on convenience. That's my litmus test. And then I get convicted. (laughs) But convenience is the deep human flesh, the self-preservation. When we give and give and give, and all of a sudden we're now, we're we're almost self-preserving ourselves instead of relying on the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our our giving, our love, our our commitment to to each other. You see, when we are committed to each other in Jesus Christ and we bear each other's burdens, what's happening is the Spirit of God can actually move in a church. You want a powerful worship? Bear one another's burdens. You want powerful prayer time? Bear each other's burdens. (laughs) There were times in my Christian walk where I was just like, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) I didn't want the inconvenience. I had my life the way I wanted it, and it was totally cool. I give myself away here, I give myself away here, but in the end, I still had my little pocket. God wants to take that pocket and dump it. God desires this relationship between all of us to be so ever-flowing that when people come to us, they experience the presence of God. Mm. Real quick. You heard me preach on the wall of Nehemiah back a ways, if you were with us back in the um, Manchester community college days, something that is important for us to understand and realize is this. The backstory story is, is that people of Israel were exiled. Their land was destroyed. Their city, their capital, demolished, overrun. Overrun by the Persians. And what was so powerful... Um, about this story of Nehemiah was that God used Nehemiah and God used the influence and resources of a wicked nation to rebuild the city of God. Which proves to me that God could do anything. Think about your life. 
and the needs that you have and the needs of others in, in your circles that you're holding back from, God can use the resources of this world at his beckoned command. And Nehemiah's integrity won him favor. And God called Nehemiah to rebuild. He put the burning, you see, Nehemiah had a vision to rebuild the city of God. And so Nehemiah pulls people together, and, and I want you to, I want to read uh, Nehemiah 6.15 to you. If you read Nehemiah, the story of the wall, to read Nehemiah, just first book, the first chapter to last chapter is so amazing. Nehemiah 6.15 says this, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of um, Elul in 52 days. In 52 days. That's moving. And when our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. Basically, they were like downcast. They're like, holy cow. Those guys did an incredible feat. But Jesus come. well, Jesus, I always say Jesus, but they perceived that the work had been accomplished with the help of God. Even the wicked noticed that God was building something. Guys, we're, God is building something in us, in this community. And what was so powerful to me was that when, God, when Nehemiah brought all the, the families together, they fought for their, their families. They came together in unity and linked arms. They stood a perimeter and protected the work being done. Guys, we have work in this right here, what God has called us to. We have work. And what God has called us to is to link arm in arm and be a part of this community and regain the identity. Let me tell you this. The reason why the Israelites were, Israelites were exiled was because they lost their sense of purpose. And God forced them into a place of great pain in the exiled period of time where they had no nationality, they had no people, they had no things that was there, were theirs. They were conquered by their enemies. I'm not going to stand and let that happen. This is my community. You are my family. And we're linking arm in arm here to produce a wall. Now that we know that in the, this book of Nehemiah, there is a physical wall that was being made. Can I tell you something? What does that wall represent? What is a wall put up for? I mean, we could say easily that it meant about protection. We could say security. We could say identity. This is our place. This is our thing. All of that is important to protective movement. And I'll t explain to you why I think that the, the city of Israel was a movement. Jerusalem was a movement, not just the people, not just the place. It was a movement of where God can operate in and through the people, and the, every person was a conduit of the Holy Spirit. The joy, the relationships that were taking place, it was living out the command 
to go and love one another and to lay down your life for one another. In that place of commitment, great things happened and there was peace. You see, God's love is that wall. God's love is that wall and you are the links. You are the gates for that wall. Every one of us serving each other. Iron sharpens iron. Gifts were exchanged and talents were celebrated. It was a vibrant economy. Now, burdens were bared and they were shared. That's what made the community. That's what made the community so powerful. It was a true living organism of true love. When we read again John chapter 15. These things I command of you so that you would love one another. There's so much more we can unpack in John chapter 15 in, those, in just those few verses. But I'm going to jump to Zechariah 2 verse 4 and 5 which I really believe is, is this is what God is doing not just for Grace Capital Church but for this campus in Manchester I want to I explain it and I want to read it to you Zechariah 2 4 through 5 and behold the angel who talked to me came forward and another angel came forward to, to meet him and said to him run and say to, this, to that young man Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. And I will, I will be her wall of fire around, declares the Lord. And I will be the glory in her midst. God was going to draw people to us. And because we're unified and we uphold that wall, the Spirit of God, like a fire, a ring of fire, comes in and, and with his love surrounds his people. And the idea here with the, the, this verse in Zechariah was that the walls, the physical walls that they built could not hold. The walls that we have here cannot hold the people God will draw into community through this community. Amen. And God will be the glory in her midst. Tonight, I just want to pray and send you with this charge to bear one another's burdens and to pray for each other and to pray for those who you have been wanting to or have been inviting not just the people coming to this body, but I'm talking about those that you've invited to your home. Those who you are reaching out to in your community and you want to bring them into your place of relationship, your communities. This is great. This is celebration. But you are ministers of God's. 
the, the, the good news, the gospel. You are ministers. So I just want to pray and empower you to go and be Christ indwelled in this world. You are his hands and his feet. And he has called you not a servant, but a friend. That's the kind of relationship, that's the kind of community I want to be a part of. I'm not, I'm not a servant any longer in the sense that I take orders. I am a friend and I get to partner with his kingdom. And his kingdom is here. And we're bringing heaven to earth with every relationship we have. Father, with every person here in this room, those relationships that were once cut off because of convenience, I pray that you would re-spark if you desire those relationships to take place. I believe there are many relationships among us that need to be re-sparked. Because it was convenience of our own flesh that made the choice to cut it off. God desires to bring them into his presence so that every town, every person, every city would be restored. That we, as your ministers of the gospel, would come and proclaim that heaven has come to earth. And we, Lord, we have the honor and the privilege of serving with you. And we take a stand to defend our family with prayer and with service and with resources and with love. We will fight for each other. Father God and your Holy Spirit will move from one to the next and do miracles among us <coughs> miracles Father God I release, I release miracles in the homes of these people here tonight that as they pray Lord that you would show up in every one of their encounters that you have predestined from the beginning to take place, Lord, that miracles would take place in their lives, that they would see the Holy Spirit move among them. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. This could not be more clear, Lord, what you have called us to as a body. And we thank you, God, that you are mobilizing us and equipping us Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Guys, it's been great. It's been fun. I was 11 minutes and 47 seconds over. <laughs> Still getting used to that whole uh, 
uh, thing in the back there, but it's, it's a blessing. I love you guys. Thank you for being here tonight. G- get up and give each other hugs and hang out. Um, and just a couple things real quick before you guys go. First of all, uh, we do, this is one of those things where, here we go, we got a little bit of, uh, you know, coming together and working together and bearing each other's burdens on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. That's a Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. We're going to be having a work day here. We just have some extra little things that we need to do, like put up some wood around here, get the other projector working, painting. There's all kinds of little projects that our ministry leaders are like, we just need some more people to come together and help us out. So that's going to be a fun day. Um, And we're going to be doing like a potluck kind of situation for lunch. So bring something to share with everybody. So that's Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. And then number two, before you guys go, those of you who are in life groups and those of you who are not in life groups, that's okay too. Go out there on the left-hand side as you're walking out the hallway. There's Operation Christmas Child boxes and information for you. If you guys do Operation Christmas Child, this is a really fun ministry, a really fun outreach to, to do for kids all over the world. Um, I don't even know the stats, but I know it's in the millions because, I mean, we do four boxes ourselves. <laughs> I'm just tooting my own horn here. But uh, it's fun. We go grab a bunch of uh, things. Operation Christmas Child is just great. Uh, you, you pack boxes for kids, and it's Christmas gifts that they receive. A lot of these kids don't get any kind of Christmas at all, and, and, and this is a huge way that people reach others for Jesus. And uh, you can go ahead and pick up your materials out there. Bring them back here next. That would be the 14th. Bring them back here on the 14th. And we will be able to send those off to the distribution company that takes care of them. So that's it for the night, guys. Oh, and one last thing. If you don't, I'm so sorry. Uh, Not on the agenda. But wreaths. If you have not purchased a wreath yet for the fundraiser for the missions, Go out there to the Info Hub, and there's tickets, or go online, and you can order your wreath because tomorrow is the last day you could order. So it's a great way to support the mission and also have a pretty awesome-looking wreath on your wall. All right. Have a great night, guys. See you later.